skin color line. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to Lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey, welcome. Welcome to the show at our new place. It's our second show here. We thought we'd try something different today and open up these doors, which means that there you're going to be probably hearing <laughs> sounds from there, although folks at City Paper stumble in uh, later than they do at most places of employ. Uh, so you're not seeing anything really behind me at this point. We just thought we'd give it a shot. And um, if it's annoying to them, which I think it would be, or even annoying to me if I'm hearing them, which I am a bit, um, whatever. So um, it is uh, Tuesday, and uh, that means my sister Susan is joining us for the first time in a long time, and the first time this year. Hi, Suze. Hi. Well, oh, ye of little faith. Yeah, there you are. Okay. All right. Good. Wasn't sure you were fashionably late. No, I I I I walked the dog at at dawn and he's fed and um Good. And I was actually just distracted reading and I went, "Oh my goodness." Yes, right. <laughs> Whoops. Whoops. Well, here we are in our new place and um so far, the good news is is that people are reporting that the audio levels between me and you and callers all seem to be the same. Uh, Isn't that nice? Yeah. So uh, well, I can hear you. Yeah, I can hear you loud and clearly. And the thing is, is it just seems like a lot of our troubles, uh, technical prob- problems over the years, were a direct result of you know. The, the place we were in um, and we did not in any way control the infrastructure of that place and I actually think the people who didn't have our best interest at heart um, uh, well I know did <laughs> so anyway this will be better I'm quite sure but um, I, I'm sort of almost sitting in the newsroom uh, which is mostly empty now but we're going to see if that is too distracting. Well, the, uh, odds are I'm, I'm not going to be doing the show from this p- place. Just wanting you to know we're still finding our way. Um, all righty. Well, Susan. Yes. Explain to me because I'm not watching. Um, is is Are you keeping the doors open because otherwise you are suffocating in a closet? No, no. Uh, we are sitting in what will be the conference room. Um, and uh, uh, odds are we'll be next door in a closet. <laughs> I, and I don't have my head. I, I'm on a short leash, so I can't turn. I keep sort of choking myself. But, yeah, anyway, it's so much nicer here. I cannot tell you. It feels like a newsroom, not an insurance office. I mean, it's, this just is, is good. And um, I think everybody's really happy. Anyway. Oh, good. Yeah. Mazel tov on your move. Yeah. It turned out to be okay. You know, I'm always anxious about transitions, and this has uh, so far worked out really well. We were trying to find some wood to knock on, and we can't. Isn't that often the case? You you say knock on wood, and then everybody looks around, and there's no wood anywhere? Do you know what Not I mean? Not even a pencil he had? No. No. There literally is no wood in here. Right? We have scoured the place. No, it's all plastics and things like that. Anyway, I have to, um, so I hate to jump right into all the horror, so let, let's do uh, different horrors, okay? I, I saw a story about, okay. from out I'm of... Okay, I'm not up on during that. Okay, that's fine. Well, here, let me, uh, I'll fill you in on two that got my attention. Number one. Uh, kids in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, throwing snowballs at a car, at cars that were passing by, were sh- Yeah. One of the drivers sh- shot them. Oh, God. They weren't killed. Well, I knew someone was dead. I just didn't know in what direction. No, no, no. Not, no. Not killed, but the guy- no, no, no. So the good news is, um, no. 
did not kill them. They haven't found the the car, the guy. Um, but it was a 12-year-old girl and a 13-year-old boy uh, were, were shot but are going to be okay. You know, as I... Throwing snowballs at cars is what you do um, when you're a kid, isn't it? In Wisconsin, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, no, I it's not right. At each other, yeah. at cars, at yeah. trees, at yeah. squirrels. You yeah, you do, because you're a kid. And, um, you know, I, 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 I'm sure there have been many a time when a driver will, you know, slam on the brakes and come, you know, running after a kid. But, geez, isn't that something? So anyway, just saying, that's our, you know, new normal in America. Also, well, why not? I got a gun. I might as well use it. Yeah. And but it's not, you know, it, 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 having guns all around you is, is apt, has nothing to do with us. But I'm just saying, if that guy wasn't driving around with, his, with a gun in his car, he wouldn't be shooting at children. Unbelievable. Although I remember as a as a driver being really pissed off when a kid when I got hit by a snowball because it startled me, you know. Well, yes, but then I started living in places like St. Louis where they had these things on trees that looked like big round fuzzy green peaches, but they weren't. They were just big balls. Oh, we've got and some they of those. Would drop- yeah. And those would drop off yeah. and hit your car, and you'd have a heart attack. I don't know. What are those? Because there's a, one of those um, on Wilkins near know. my house. And they do. This is a tree that produces something as large as a grapefruit that's green and, you know, and knobby. Fuzzy. Yeah, fuzz, yeah sort of fuzzy. And, yeah, one of those things dropping on you would be what the hell kind of a tree obviously the fruit it it appears that even like the squirrels don't, I don't want know, it and what? i don't know why you'd plant that tree because it does have what is is seems to be this useless fruit that does make a mess yeah and I don't you know that you, you tumble over and that hit you on the head i mean it's <laughs> what is the purpose of this tree huh we ask Okay, so, so the, I'm just saying there are things in nature that throw that, that throw stuff at your car, you know, and you don't get out and try and shoot them. Yeah. The other thing is, and I know you're you're happy. You're in California now for the winter, um, and um, but back in your um, residence state of Illinois, uh, the new year brought with it recreational marijuana legalization. Yeah, I and know. I know. So wow. I just so you're every state you're in, you're able to you know, walk into a store. Except that's not I, true. I finally, Listen, it's not, not true. true in Wisconsin, but it's no, but it's not true in Illinois either. I have to tell you, they are so unprepared for what they did. So they rolled this out, and there were literally tens of thousands of people standing outside in you know freezing temperatures trying to get into one of the. There's all all of eight dispensaries in Chicago. Eight. Right. Yeah, well, that ain't enough. I know. I know, and, I know and where then, they all are. And then, and then they, ran, they ran out. They ran out of pot. So they aren't... Well, good. Well, I, They'll be ramped up by the time I get back. And you know what? I, there is no state that needs the money worse than Illinois. I am okay. just pleased as punch and, and confused about why they didn't do this two years ago. Um, 11 states have now legalized recreational marijuana, uh, and all of them have struggled to uh, you know figure out how to do it. It's not like they're all doing it in the same way, you know, to adopt regulations, to do this, to do that, and I... No, Michigan took two years. They they approved recreational two years ago, and their first um, they just opened their first rec, uh, dispensary, I think two months ago, and I and only then I believe in Ann Arbor. Well, it says right here that demand from recreational pot users outpaces medical marijuana use by up to ten times, 
and it will be months and months before uh, the existing uh, growers uh, that Illinois is using are able to uh, get anywhere near uh, the demand uh, to satiate <laughs> Illinois consumers. Um, even though it's all... Well, and again, let me, let me put a spotlight on why that is. That their um, medical, uh, the list of approved reasons for medical marijuana is so short that things yeah. that are routinely covered in other places are not covered, like anxiety and stuff like that. Not yeah, covered. but if you say anxiety, which Pennsylvania just added, you know, who isn't anxious? I mean, I, I was talking yeah, yesterday on the show. Everybody it's, it's, has an anxiety. It's, 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 There's an anxiety disorder in the country pharma- called Donald Trump is are president. Are pharmaceutical drugs, drugs for uh, anxiety? It's not Xanax or Alazaprom or whatever it's gen- generic is. And, I mean, if you can take that or you can, you know, use marijuana, what, what difference is it? Uh, you know, if one works better for you than the other. Milton says those those uh, ugly fruits are called monkey balls. Monkey balls. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good name, but still, is that's that? The, that's that's the, I mean, it's descriptive. I agree, but I doubt that that's what they really are called. Is okay. that a monkey ball? Oh no, but Laura and Lou are telling us that it's an Osage orange. And Laura says they keep mice away if you put them in your house or garage, but then they uh, get moldy and then they stink and all that. At least that is what we do with them here, she says. There are a few huge trees by the university. She's at the University of Michigan, um, and she wishes everybody a happy new year. Um, but she, So the mice don't like them. Nobody wants I'm telling you, mice, squirrels. Nobody likes them. <laughs> they're ugly. Monkey balls, who the hell wants that? Osage orange. Osage Orange. So anyway, there you are. Uh, Whenever we're universally universally reviled. Isn't yeah. That nice. No. Although I, the first time I saw one, I was you know, walking the dog, and I thought, "Geez, what the hell? It, it looks like a, you know, I don't know, a cartoon fruit. It doesn't look whatever." No, I know, and that thing can hurt if it falls on. Yeah, you. that could. Yeah, that could be a bonk. So I I wanted to tell uh, you, I watched a two-hour documentary on PBS last night on Joe McCarthy, former senator from the state of Wisconsin. And wow, wow, wow. I I recommend it to everybody. I think, uh, yeah, it was on PBS, I think. The American Experience is the, the show that, uh, that ran this documentary. And here is what is mind-blowing about this documentary on uh, Senator McCarthy. There were whole parts of the narration where if you didn't know who they were talking about, you would just assume that they were talking about Donald Trump, and the current Republican Party. I am not kidding. It was that absolutely on point. I started scribbling some of it down because it was so mind-blowing. It talked about how the other Republicans really were appalled by much of what he was doing. But he had brought the American people with him and his demagoguery, and they were fearful of appearing, you know, of jeopardizing their own political uh, lives to take on McCarthy. So uh, even though they were freaked out by his lying, by his uh, instability, by what he was doing to the party, they saw, and this is what they said, they saw no alternative, as if the idea of doing the right thing, <laughs> or courage, or caring about the country more than your, you know, congressional uh, position, uh, was not an alternative. They saw no alternative. They, he was their lunatic, and they had to own him. 
Now, how is that in any way? And then I thought, so this is always, I mean, Republicans have done this dance before. Uh, where they've kowtowed to a, demag- a bully demagogue who rises uh, from their ranks, uh, whipping up uh, fear, destroying lives, uh, lying through his teeth. That was the other thing they said. McCarthy lied without even, with impunity. And if called on his lies, he would dig in further. When hit, he would always hit back. He would never apologize. It was like I was watching, a, you know, a, a documentary about Donald Trump that might be done in well, 20 years. Well, you know who they have in common. They have Roy Cohn in common. They have Roy Cohn. Oh, and Roy Cohn. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And his lover. This shine guy, you can't, you got to watch this documentary. It is mind-blowing. Um, and they also talked about the other, I, 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 the things that were freaking me out, all the parallels. McCarthy, like Trump, uh, targeted major governmental institutions and created uh, a sense among the people that they were, uh, in fact, not operating in their interests. So he created a kind of deep state thing by saying the commies had infiltrated everything. And so you could not trust the American government. You could not trust media. You could not trust Uh, He went after libraries, specifically after the State Department, after intellectuals. This is a Republican playbook that we're reliving again. It's it's just mind-boggling. And someone, and toward the end of it, some guy said that after the fever broke, and he was censured by the Senate, which, by the way, would never happen now, because uh-huh. he did not have, they were able to freeze him out. Mainstream media simply started after the censure. They didn't, pay, they didn't cover him. They stopped covering the sideshow. And uh, he was turned away. The White House wouldn't invite him to events. He was, he was literally sort of, you know, exiled. Son. But yes, he was shunned. But you can't do that now because he would have social media. He would have Fox News. He would have all those talk shows. So you couldn't get rid of McCarthy today. Anyway, this guy who was talking about McCarthy said this. He said he took America on a demagogic bullying spree. That is what Trump's doing to the world right now. And the way he operates as well. He's a bully, a lying bully. And so McCarthy, Trump, I got to tell you, one and the same. And it's Republicans who create these Frankensteins, thinking they can somehow control them for their own purposes, and then inevitably totally losing control and not having the courage to take them down. There was such a thing as moderate Republicans, and there are not now, you know, and they eventually uh, turned on McCarthy. I have to say one other thing about McCarthy. Oh, also, they said this, the media at the time was totally complicit because they couldn't get enough of McCarthy. He was good copy. Yeah, he was good copy. Well, that's It is, a, after all, a business if it sells papers. That's right. And that is uh, what we've got going now. 
There was total complicity with American journalists because they were making money hand over fist. He was a train wreck, and people loved it. What destroyed him was actually putting the uh, Army McCarthy hearings on um, on television. And Americans who'd gotten just sound bites of him a little bit here on the news saw him day after day and saw the bully. And that's what took him down, that exposure to light. But none of that would work today. I got two more things to say about Joe McCarthy. He had hair on his hands. Susan, black hair. It looked like a, it's like a I go, gorilla yeah, hands. Yeah, yeah. Gorilla yeah. hands. I've never seen them. I mean, I know some men have some hair on their hands. But this was like fur. It should have told you something. And the other thing is when he died, they uh, shipped his body back up to uh, Appleton, Wisconsin, to be buried. And a bunch of senators who had stayed, um, you know, uh, I don't know, on his side somehow, uh, boarded the plane and they played, they drank. They said they were drinking the whole way. They boarded the plane in D.C. They're drinking all the way to Appleton, and they're playing poker on McCarthy's casket. Wow. No, well, he was a famous alcoholic. I mean, that's what they must have done together. Whoa. Whoa. I'm just saying the more, you know, history, the more it seems like we're just engaged in some dosy doing Just going around, going around, it all comes back. One more word on the monkey ball tree, or the Osage <laughs> orange. Uh, Gigi says, the fruit, if placed in a basement... Oh, see, here's what Laura told us. She says we'll keep insects away. No one wants to be anywhere near this fruit. The fruit is known locally as monkey balls. <laughs> so that might just be a Pittsburgh thing, monkey balls, huh? The structure of the tree makes dense coverage, so some people planted them as fences. Um, and the dense coverage is good for birds, and that's your naturalist lesson for the day, she says. Um, yeah, where I've seen them planted, it is like on hillsides where they're trying to create a, I don't know, whatever. Anyway, but those are some ugly fruit. Ugh. Really ugly, yeah. Yeah, really ugly. <laughs> okay, what else I got here? Um... It figures that the biggest thing, the biggest reaction we've had is when I brought, when you brought up monkey balls, even though you didn't know what they were called. I know, I, I know, I know. Oh. I, I just, you know, I, it turns out that what I find interesting, <laughs> a lot of, you know, just regular people, which leads me to ask, I'm sure you've discussed all about the Golden Globes, but what did you think of Tom Hanks' face during the opening monologue? I didn't talk about the Golden Globes, but I did. I saw a bit of it, and yeah, I could see he was uncomfortable. He didn't like Ricky Gervais's monologue. I mean, he w Gervais was. I didn't really like it either, even though it was, you know, snarkily funny. But um, you know, the the shtick about. I don't really want to be here. I'm just here. I, I found it sort of offensive. If you're if you're emceeing an event, then show up. Yeah, you know, I just I didn't think it was funny. I'm sorry. I was sort of well. Well, I I thought the best line actually was the head of the um, of the uh, foreign, foreign press. press that got up and asked him to put it in writing. <laughs> yeah, that this was his last one. But, you know, I mean, he said, and you know, who can disagree? I mean, so he says to the, the, the star-studded uh, uh, star people in front of him, 
So listen, when you win, don't come up here and start lecturing people about politics, the environment, this and that. You don't have a clue. You don't live in the real world. You know, let just, and don't thank your God and don't blah, blah, blah. He was really, and I thought, wow, just, just say thank you and get the hell off. And so the very first winner um, is, uh, is a Muslim actor, and, and he gets up, and the first words out of his mouth are, uh, you know, Allah Akbar. <laughs> so that's not the usual thank God. That, he was being funny. Was, I don't think right, so. You right. know, they asked him later, were you sincere uh, with saying that? And he said, yes, I was. And then, of course, everybody after him did their political speeches, uh, which I do find tiresome. But I guess they think, look, I got I people's attention. Why not? I, I, I thought that guy was cute, though. He, he did mention that his own mother was rooting for Michael Douglas. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. I, I'm just so, I, you know, I don't know. Nah, I didn't. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? Indeed. Um so I just wanted to see if there was something I should be watching, but uh, and, and no, apparently not. Well, so. there's no, there's lots of great stuff out there. It's not necessarily stuff that you found out about from that uh, awards uh, ceremony. Um, right. So uh, I, you know, Trump. I I, I just want to say that you know you you could have it, it's beyond. I'm, I well, see, I can't. I'm I'm going to start stuttering. No, you can't. I don't know how you, you just. I do not know how you discuss the fact that we are at the point that we are, where he suggests that uh, all he has to do in the way of nodding towards Congress before he starts a war is to tweet, tweet. about it, and that's enough notice. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And I think, you know, look, this is, uh, we essentially do not have um, a real president right now. We have a crazy person who has, who is the president, but does have no interest in the job other than the power it gives him and the, and the fact that it makes everybody have to pay attention to him. Um he got rid of all the so-called grown-ups that were supposedly to keep him in check. We are at a very dangerous time because this guy's got another 11, no, he's got another year uh, in the saddle. Um, and he's only going to get more so. There's no doubt about that. Uh, there's no strategy. Do you know, the, the fact that he would order this assassination and not... And not think, okay, so then what will the Iranians do? So then what happens? Right. right. So we'll do that, and then what do they do? And then if they do that, what would we do? And didn't think about the escalation? Didn't occur to him to place himself in the position of having, let's say, Iran uh, take, uh, you know, the head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff who's walking, uh, you know, down a street in Washington, D.C., out. D does he understand how that was an act of war? Um, I, he thinks, no, I, 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 I don't know. Here's, here, can I, I'll just read one uh, Paul Krugman who's like us beside himself. Um, Trump has turned his back on everything that used to make America great. Under his leadership, we have become nothing more than a big self-interested bully, a bully with delusions of grandeur, who isn't nearly as tough as he thinks he is. We abruptly abandon our allies, like the Kurds. We honor war criminals. We slap punitive tariffs on friendly nations like Canada for no good reason. And of course, after more than 15,000 lies, nothing our leader and his minions say can be trusted. Uh, 
and they and he says and it's astonishing but Trump and his guys uh, seem taken aback by the fact that there's been an almost uniformly negative <laughs> response to um, this assassination uh, what it has done is empower the Iranian regime uh, Iraq now has turned totally hostile to us none of our allies have stepped up to support us but what do you expect that's what happens when you betray your friends and squander all your credibility we are just it's humiliating humiliating it's totally humiliating I'm just thinking like this is karma for all the time I spent laughing at Italians with Berlusconi. Oh, that and, they didn't have a know, functioning government and they had this clown as their prime minister. Yeah, yeah, yeah with, right. With his bunga bunga party. Yeah, you know, bunga bunga. Bunga. Right, right. And now we've got somebody even worse. We have a caller, too, though. And I didn't mean to suggest that one was related to the other. Hello, caller. Hello. Hello, this is Kurt. How are you? I'm fine, Kurt. How are you? I'm doing great. The, the beep took a little long there. Um, yeah, you, you've gotten a little serious since I decided to call, but I'm, I'm calling about throwing snowballs at people with kids. <laughs> oh, good. And, and, right. and, and not nearly so serious as the story about somebody getting shot, although I could have gotten hurt in this one. But uh, <laughs> uh, when, when I was little, we lived at the base of a hill, and, of course, then we were out sled riding with our steel runner sleds on the on the asphalt street and the uh the snow file comes along so you know that's kind of the enemy of our sled riding fun so the idea was we were all going to throw snowballs at the little spinner on the back and and clog it up so the guy couldn't salt the street that was our uh, ah. old fantasy i suppose um so everybody's throwing snowballs at the truck and a couple guys get good hits on the spinner and uh, but my problem was i i threw a bit like a girl and uh, my snowball went straight through the open window of the truck and hit the guy in the face. Oh, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> uh, he stops the snow plow, oh, gets man. out of his truck. I said, who did that? Who did that? And I sort of meekly raised my hand. You did? The, uh, oh, wow. <laughs> you should get a medal. Oh, you're only eight. <laughs> I was little, you know. And uh, my dad was out shoveling the driver or something, and he steps in and tells the guy, he's my kid, I'll handle this. <laughs> oh, my so the God. Guy does get back, the guy does get back in his truck, and my dad comes over and says, what did you do that for? And I think, I think parents realize early on that their kids are gay because when I told them my intent was to hit the spinner on the back of the truck and I only accidentally threw it at the window, he didn't question that a bit, as you might of a more capable boy. <laughs> he just started laughing, and he said, oh, it's okay, I think the guy was drunk anyway. <laughs> but I didn't tell my friends that, and they all thought I was a hero. <laughs> there you go. All right. Yay. Although I did see in, this, uh, in the art. The, ar the universal empowerers. Yeah. <laughs> Kurt, though, I did see that there was a, in, in the story on um, on uh, the Milwaukee snowball incident, it said that there have been cases where it's not the only case where people have pulled guns on somebody throwing a snowball and how someone who was hit in the face with a snowball in Philadelphia killed the person who threw it. I don't know if it was a kid. You are one lucky kid. <laughs> well, well no, he grew up place, in a but... in a different time, right? Where they didn't Yeah, still runner sleds after all. They didn't think it was a proportionate <laughs> back then they didn't think it was a proportionate response. Uh yeah, if you get hit by a snowball to just take the person out with your howitzer. God almighty. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, we can always use a laugh. Sure thing. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> And speaking, okay, so we're now back to, you can see where the audience wants to go. Uh, this is Lou uh, writing, in Pittsburgh, monkey balls were perfect, were perfect for devil's night. 
When cut open, they're sticky and slimy. So you rub them on windows and cars. Oh, God. And they create a terrible mess. But they have a lovely citrus-like scent. I collected them one year and put them in a basket on my dining room table. One day I walked into my house and there was the most incredibly lovely grapefruit-like scent. Couldn't figure it out at first, but then discovered the Osage orange is the culprit. So I know for a fact the fragrance is lovely. I have them in my pots outside decorating greenery. They look like fun Christmas bulbs. Squirrels love them. So there you go. Squirrels love them. What did I know? It's a wonder we don't all go scarf them up and stick them all over our house. <laughs> yeah, hear me. I just thought of them as the thing that bonks you on the head as you're walking. Down I know. Who knew there was so much to know about monkey balls? Monkey balls. Right. So how, in, how incompetent an administration do you have to have that you actually send out a letter to a foreign government saying, um, here, I'll actually read it. Oops. Oh, yeah. Uh, the letter actually says, <laughs> it, uh, where is that fucking letter? Sir. This is it. This is from Marine Brigadier General William Seeley to Iraqi Lieutenant General Abdul Amir. And this is after the Iraqi parliament voted to, you know, tell us to get the hell out. To throw us out. Right. Yeah. And here's the letter that went out. Sir, in due deference to the sovereignty of the Republic of Iraq, and as requested by the Iraqi parliament and the prime minister, the combined joint task force... Operation Inherent Resolve <laughs> will be repositioning forces over the course of the coming days and weeks to prepare for onward movement. What the fuck? First of all, did you know that we that the operation of our troops in Iraq is called no. Inherent Resolve? Who the fuck comes up with this stuff? Inherent resolve. I guess not, because the inherent resolve guys are saying, okay, we'll leave. Just melt it away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, never mind. Okay, there goes our resolve. So it must not be inherent. Yeah. It must be totally volitional. Right. We're out of here, and, 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 and we're uh, to our onward movement. The fuck does that mean? Uh-huh. Onward, Christian soldiers. It means, it means wherever you're going next, which could be backwards. Right. And then we had to say, oh, never mind. We didn't mean to send that. What level of incompetence are we looking yeah, at here? No, the whole thing about it was my favorite part was, oops. Yeah, oops. Oh, no. Um, mm. Call that back. You didn't see that. Just pretend like you didn't see that, okay? Don't share it. Don't let it out. Oops. It's, it's, um... <laughs> well, it's because the command has nothing to say about anything. No, because they don't know what the commander-in-chief is going to do what, from moment what, to what, moment. You know, Trump sitting on the toilet, you know, thinking, oh, let's do this. Yeah. And then that happened. This guy out and enraged the Iranians, who you don't... Oh, yeah, it's really better for Jews in Israel. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, watch them, watch them take, watch them go after Israel. That might be the way they figure they can, I don't know. Yeah, well, this, this, is, this will uh, teach Netanyahu, uh, you know, who, who to cozy up with. Yeah, great friend to have, this lunatic. I don't know. Well, you know, pox on all their houses. They keep electing Netanyahu even though he's under indictment for crying out loud. Yeah, well, it's not that he got reelected because he hasn't really been. He can't form a government, but he's been chosen by his party members, the Likud, to still head their party. That's right, the election yeah. he won. Yeah. You know, and um, they're like, Likud is like the Republicans with Trump. Likud is with Netanyahu. Right. They just can't imagine any other way they don't 
have a clue. They don't care what he does because he gives them what they want. Oh. And it's also the religious right. Yeah. Here is something that uh, Barbara sent me that I really love. And the guy who she's who said this, I never heard of, and I do feel real sorry about his first name, which he obviously had nothing to do with. You know, I don't like my first name, but this is worse. His first name, his first name is Smedley. Oh, no, Smedley. Smedley. Oh, look at this Smedley cute like little baby. I call my dog when the yeah. word doesn't come out. Yeah, right. Oh, let's call this cute little baby Smedley. So Smedley D. Butler. Uh, and But here's what Smedley said, and it's worth noting. War is a racket. It always has been a racket. It is possibly the oldest, easily most profitable, surely the most vicious racket. It is the only one international in scope. It is the only one in which the profits are reckoned in dollars and the losses in lives. A racket is best described as something that is not what it seems to the majority of people. Only a small inside group knows what it is really all about. It is conducted for the benefit of the very, very few at the expense of the very many. Out of war, a few people make huge fortunes. There is so much truth in that. Obviously, some wars yeah, I mean, have to be fought. Um, but the wars we've been fighting of late, none of them. Well, yeah, this Afghanistan thing where they, you know, where now they release all the documents that show that everybody just decided that the only course forward was to lie right. and to keep doing it for some reason. Yep, but see here and again. Here again, though, I Susan, don't understand why. like McCarthy and now Trump being so much the same. There you see the reaction of the people in the Pentagon and the White House in regard to Afghanistan. Exactly what happened during Vietnam. They knew in both instances this was unwinnable, that this was taking us down. And they didn't know what to do. They couldn't admit it. They couldn't leave. Um, and obviously Vietnam ended in total humiliation for us. And Afghanistan will as well, just as Iraq has. Look what we've done to that. Remember we went into Iraq. How long ago was that now, guys? Getting close to 20 uh, years about ago. About 25? No, 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 no. It would have been, uh, we went into Iraq in, I think, 2003. So 17 years oh, ago. Oh, that's right. Okay, you're right. 17, 17 years ago. Right. Um, and and I'm, I'm sure the Iraqis are very grateful. They, <laughs> they didn't have a great situation before, but now how many of them are dead how totally destabilized is the entire region they live in? How, I mean, I just, what are we think we're doing? And we think people are thanking us? We're like these, I mean, we're like a really bad Godzilla. We're destructive. We're awful. I'm sorry, guys. We're awful. And we should be ashamed. Just saying. And we have documentation that shows that we're doing it to no avail, for no actual purpose other than we don't know how to stop. Yeah. And yeah, a lot, few people are making a lot of money. 
and not that many people are dying. So you know, uh, and and we all know that these things are are you do the math, and you know, a few lives you can afford. Unbelievable. <clears throat> New York, well, New uh, yeah, New York Times business section uh, today. <clears throat> uh, you know, Trump. Uh, of doing the math. Yeah, Trump likes to um, uh, herald how what a great negotiator he is, and how his tariffs have brought China to its its knees, and everybody else. And he keeps saying uh, the Chinese are like paying. Uh, we're taxing the hell out of China. I wanted to see his most recent verbal fart. We're taxing the hell out of China. <clears throat> well, guess what? I mean, I'm sure I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but uh, a report was issued uh, yesterday by the Federal Reserve Bank <laughs> of New York. These guys take numbers seriously, right? And here's what they said. The United States tariffs continue to be almost solely borne by American firms and mostly consumers. Approximately 100% of import taxes fell on American buyers. He's killing us. In regard to this... You know, you know this to be true. Whatever he says, the exact opposite, opposite is in right. fact the truth. And the Fed goes on to say manufacturing as a result is slumping. Um, business investment has suffered because corporate executives are waiting to see how or if this will end. Uh Trump has continued to incorrectly assert that China is paying the cost of the tariffs. The research shows that the tariffs have had little impact on China. And then they talk specifically about the impact of these tariffs on the steel industry, which certainly should be of interest here, formerly the steel capital of the world. And it says here that domestic steel production has barely budged which bodes poorly for hiring in the U.S. steel industry. The steel industry is not getting much protection as a result of these tariffs. And this is coming directly from the people at the New York Federal Reserve Bank. Just to keep it real. Um, we have a caller. So, hello. Hi, Lynn. Hi, Susan. Happy New Year. Happy birthday. Oh, happy. Um, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I know Lynn has a birthday. Coming up. Uh, or either past or coming up. Coming up. Um, but anyway, did y'all read, um, did you read Rachel Maddow Drift? No. When she, when she talks about, oh, she talks about war. And um, it's a fabulous read. It's a short read. And then, um, if you've not read Blowout, you definitely should read Blowout, which talks about the oil and gas industry, because she's right on point. And just follow the money. That's the bottom line. Yep. Follow the money. Yep. Well, did you see one of the things that Trump and, said uh, when they were saying, we're not get, we spent all this money building up this Air Force base here in Iraq, and we want to keep that. You know, he really thinks that he can stay in a country when the country doesn't want him to. And then he's telling them, you got to reimburse us for this. Um, I don't it's think delusional. they... They never asked us to come. <laughs> Did they? No, they didn't. No, I, I don't believe. I believe there and was... What, and depose their government? No, no I think of least... No, they, didn't, they did not sign off on that shock and awe stuff that we watched on CNN as it happened. I, it's beyond belief. So, okay. So, it is unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. Thanks for the call. Definitely pick up those, get those two books. They're great reads. Okay. Or if you could do the audible, she reads them. It's fabulous. Okay, thanks for the tip. Appreciated. Okay. Right, Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Hmm. Hmm. All right. I have one. 
thing here. I don't want to malign people who take cruises. I really don't. Some of my best friends take cruises. But I will never get over the sight of one of these cruise ships. Um, I was in, Susan, I was in the south of France, but taking that windy right. road up to like where... Um, the Corniche. As if you were heading up to... Driving on the Corniche. Okay. Right. Where, yeah, uh, um, isn't that the road Grace Kelly... Where Princess... Yeah, where Grace Kelly fell off the edge. Fell off the edge, yeah. So I got to tell you, this is, it's it's a little harrowing, but you go up there and you go higher and higher, and beneath you is the Mediterranean and these, you know, little villages hanging off the mountains, and it's so incredibly beautiful. And I was, as I was, you know, watching this, all of a sudden I saw this monstrosity out of scale thing in the in sitting offshore and it it was one of these huge uh cruise ships and the outsizeness of it in relation to absolutely everything else in my purview it looked do you remember when that huge, huge yellow ducky was floating in the the river here? You know, that ridiculous outsized duck. I think it first appeared in China, and then it ended up here. That was like a performance art piece. Um, there was, no, and knowing that this monstrosity of a ship was dumping its crap and everything else into the waters. I so hate these things. And I think they should be disallowed. What set me off is an article that I saw in the Wall Street Journal that Carnival Cruise Lines is now building the biggest... This thing, Susan, it is like, it is such a monstrosity it will hold six oh, almost seven thousand customers you got to have a crew every bit is big um a hundred eighty thousand ton floating town three football fields long 18 decks It'll have a roller coaster on it. Oh, why? Oh, God. I mean, you know, go, go. And then, you know, <sighs> with the day three, 2,000 people have no virus. Yay! They're going to call it the Mardi Gras. Get this, though. The Mardi Gras will be such a monstrosity, it will be too big to ever go anywhere near its namesake port, New Orleans. Uh, it is, they have pictures of this, it is such a monstrosity. And unfortunately, the cruise industry is growing by leaps and bounds. Last year, over 28 million people took a cruise. I want you all to stop. I want these businesses to I, go down. You know, I, uh, Please. Years ago, when I when I was thirteen, the family, uh, my bat mitzvah present was that the whole family got to go to Europe, which still rankles me to this day. I'm not sure why that was my bat mitzvah present. Susan, <laughs> that's funny because I what? didn't think that was your bat mitzvah present. They just that was not my understanding of why we did that trip. See, this is, watch, this, watch some family dynamics play out here now. I was under the um, care at the time of that, the only psychiatrist in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And I believe, oh my God, and I believe it was his, uh, his suggestion to our parents 
that I think you should. Well, you should take the water. Yes. Everybody just leave, get her out of here, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> when the one thing I needed was to get away from them. Yeah. Yeah. So instead I'm trapped right. with them. Susan, that was the most miserable trip of my life. It might have been of your life. Bill was so miserable that he refi when we got to Israel, he informed us at dinner, at breakfast in, in Tel Aviv, that he was going no further. He wasn't leaving. And we left him there. He was 18. I was 16. You were 13. And Susan, I remember that as the most horrific experience of my life our first trip to Europe well no for all of us and, and as I said well I mean this clears it up so you mean I just never got about Mr. no I think that was it they just thought oh look and it coincides you know it's like kids who are you know birthdays come at Christmas they get screwed they get screwed right, right? you got screwed it was conflated into oh and Susan we're taking you uh, to Europe no one wanted to go. Do you think mom and dad had a good time? Oh, my God. They had three miserable kids with them. I remember sitting in a cab in London with mom saying, Oh, look, there's, oh, look, there's Big Ben. Oh, look, there's, and I closed my eyes. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Yeah, there there was one shrink uh, in, well, in Green anyway, Bay. Well, anyway, that is why I was okay. telling the story. Oh. The, um, the part that I actually did enjoy was going home. On the ship. Because we, because we went home on um, the sister ship. It was the USS uh, Rotterdam. The, uh, of the... Of the Queen Mary, I think. No, 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 Queen, no, no. It was a bike. No, Susan, it was a Norwegian ship, the USS Rotterdam. Yeah, USS Rotterdam, but it had a very famous sister ship, and I'm trying to think well, of what it was. Well, who the hell knows what it was, but it was a neat ship. I liked it, too. Anyway. But it was an old-fashioned ship. It looked like, you know, sort of like the Titanic. <laughs> that was the style. Uh, you know, yeah. and, uh, and and it, and it was a, it was beautifully appointed, and it was you know, and it was fun for five days. Although it was the Atlantic crossing, and the ocean was rough, and I think most people were seasick, and improbably, I was not. I was. I was also making out in a lifeboat with this guy. <laughs> I told you the best part. <laughs> and I also had a dalliance in um, in uh, Florence, Florence with Rome. with Mario. No, it was yeah. in Florence. Mario, the, the elevator, the elevator, the elevator boy. The elevator boy. Oh my God! He stopped in between floors and turned and started peeling off his this white gloves. Bella, Bella, Bella. And I was such a miserable soul at that time. I mean, nothing major happened, but I did go up to the roof with him. Oh, man. The trip. Well, why the hell not? The trip from hell. So, anyway. Then you were pretty Bella with your bouffant flip hey man i was hot yeah file. yeah <laughs> i was hot i was the most which was in fact all you said master oh jesus god almighty i think we're done i have to go see another no. shrink we aren't done I missed the trip. what how did that come how did that come up oh we were talking about cruise ships yeah and that was the only time i was on one <laughs> don't ever. Well, me too, and I don't. There were no, and I used to think it would be fun to go, and and my husband never wanted to, and then we started seeing those things, which to me always looked like an a you know extra strong tampon 
clogging those beautiful little natural inlets along the Mediterranean. It was, oh, disgusting. Susan, what was disgusting was your metaphor, and I think we're out of time. (laughs) With that, I leave you. Happy New Year, all. Yes, Happy New Year, all. Uh, Try to get that picture that Susan has. All right, well, fine. Try to get that out of your head if you can. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. I can't. That's been there lodged there for a while. Will you stop with the lodged and the whole just go away? (laughs) Thank you, Susan. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye bye. 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 Radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen.